0: Ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, all those wonderful podcasting applications you can get on Android, Google, or even whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Great to be back on board with you once again today. Thank you always and forever for downloading and listening to the show. The Minnesota Wild played three games last week, and guess what? Three and oh, ladies and gentlemen. Feels good, uh, back on track, or at least so it appears. <laughs> well, I look damn good. Uh, eight to two demolition, five to one demolition, and four to three comeback win. Extra attacker, extra attacker, extra attacker. I mean, just go out there and kick some butt. It's all—it's—it's it's like polar opposite of the old days in so many ways. The recent old days, polar opposite in every way. A locker room that works together. Uh, you, you, you actually win in overtime, you actually, like, score with the extra attacker instead of getting, you know, giving up an empty net goal. You know, it, it's, like, insane. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Uh, three games to review, three games to preview, and, of course, the show is going to continue to evolve more and more in, like, fan interaction and such. But... The review-preview stuff will never completely go away, that's for sure, because why would it? <laughs> that would be kind of weird. And I, I just thank uh, every one of you that listens to the show and has been telling your friends and sharing it. I just can't thank you enough. Uh, 21st of January, Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago, United Center. And then you go back-to-back, back, back home to Axel Energy Center, quick flight home, then host the Montreal royal Canadian on Monday the 24th, three days off. Then you play, then you have the New York two-step, New York Rangers on Friday, New York Islanders on Sunday, which historically was a loss going to New York on Sunday. New York Islanders, almost always a loss. We'll see what happens. They're starting to play a little better. Um, well, it's three games now, three, three games each in these weeks, uh, last week and this upcoming week. But then the schedule changes. Uh, then it's like <laughs> game off, game off, game, game off, game off, game off, game, game off. Game off, game off, game, game off. You get the idea. It's like four games a week, and it's fun. It's fun to review, fun to preview, and extremely fun to watch, and it's nice to have consistency with games again instead of like, ugh, nobody's on tonight? Come on. It gets tiring when there's nobody on, but, well, doing a show, (laughs) you're going to have to be, you know, it's just going to be busy stuff, but at the same time, for for the sake of time and for your entertainment, it'll probably be, the show will continue to evolve so to speak, with uh, less and less of my babbling and more and more of uh, hearing from you and and, and just, uh, you know, important topics within the team rather than just staring at stats and such, which is, you know, occasionally what some of us do in the podcasting world. Let's get to it, though. I'm already babbling. Five to one victory over Chicago. Everything, all is right with the wild. Could never, all's right with the world. You never really can until, yeah, until... until the Lord comes back. Then then things are a little better. Kaipo Kakkanen looks absolutely fantastic in the net. Wow, absolutely great. Faced 36 shots. Blackhawks were really attacking early and often, but Kakkanen was just getting the job done. He kind of felt that from the Blackhawks through most of the, both of these games, especially the second one. But an absolutely stellar performance by Kaipo Kakkanen in net. Ryan Hartman almost had a hat trick. He had multiple opportunities with a couple of goals. He just continues to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, the whole Dave Gagne comparison that like I brought up last week, thanks to Judd Zolgad, uh, he just he, he just keeps getting better and better out there. Yeah, he's he's like the Dave Gagne for this wild champ compared to the Dave Gagne with the North Stars in the late '80s, early '90s. The greatest video game era of all time, and in a lot of things, that was a great era for a lot of things. Um, but late '80s, early '90s. Um, Dave Gagne coming to the North Stars, looking like a failed first-round pick with the New York Rangers, comes to Minnesota and, well, has a hell of a career. Uh, Obviously, he ends up playing on other teams as well, but still, for a while there with the North Stars and Stanley Cup run and all that. Hartman, hopefully, hopefully we go on a Cup run, but actually win it this time. And this team, I think, has the pieces to possibly do that. It's no guarantee, but you certainly have the locker room togetherness and, you know, Dean Everson continues to bring it up every show. And it's like, it's part of it's like, yeah, we finally got rid of those, those guys, those locker room lawyers. You know who they are. And it, and it isn't just two guys. It's probably about three, four, five of them. They're finally all gone. I mean, it's just, it's over. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In a lot of ways. Uh, but multiple goals for Ryan Hartman. He's on pace for like 39. It, it, he's still there. He's still hanging around late January. It's looking less and less like a fluke and more and more like he's, He's improved. He's looking like a first-round pick now. Legitimate. Uh, Zuccarello, at age 34, is having a career season because the group around him is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Hartman, K- Kaprizov, it is it is a mix like you wouldn't believe. Absolutely beautiful. Foligno just continues to have a career type of season. He has just been unbelievable. My goodness, what is he on pace for? About 70 points. Jiminy Christmas. Uh, even Brandon DeHame joined the party. See, he'd been relatively quiet, but obviously Brandon DeHame's role is what it is. He's a bottom six player, a very good bottom six player who's going to keep getting better. He's still very young. He's not super young, but he's still young, that type of thing. Uh, but an overall absolutely fun night, especially if you're sick and tired of watching the Blackhawks stomp all over us. But uh, again, the Wilds did play well against the Blackhawks in the playoffs. Our regular season, a lot of those seasons, only to fold in the playoffs, which was annoying. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, you could just see the frustration, cracking his stick on the net over and over and over again. Like, not cracking it, but smashing it. <laughs> well, like making a cracking sound, I'm sure. Extremely frustrated. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is a very emotional guy. Uh, I've seen him break sticks many times. I remember giving up a overtime goal when he was with the Penguins still in the postseason. Finally got to be back in the net again instead of, uh, was it Murray, when they went for their uh, first Stanley Cup run. Um... Uh, uh, of the back-to-back, and it's like because murray was taking over basically at that stage, and then uh, flurry extremely frustrated, you can only imagine. As good as he was, <laughs> losing his job to a young guy it can't be fun. But well, it is what it is. I'm going all over the place here. Lankinen was good in relief, but well, <laughs> the damage had been done. Kailan Addison scoring, and and getting an assist and playing on the power play. And then getting sent down, uh, that a lot of people not a huge fan about that. In favor of Jordy Ben, like you get it and everything, you get it and everything. Jordy Ben's earned the right to play, but at the same time, um, I I don't know, I don't know. I, I think Kalen Addison should probably continue to play in the NHL, but it is what it is. Obviously, you want him to keep developing this and that. It's an ongoing debate. I don't think it's like a terrible mistake. It's not going to ruin his career, but at the same time, eventually, sooner or later, Kalen Addison. It's got to be a regular in the NHL sooner or later, and it's no offense to Jordy Bannon. I mean, one way or another, if he's the sixth defenseman or the seventh defenseman, seems like the kind of guy who's going to always be there and be a, be a team player. And obviously, you know, he's a solid. He's a solid guy. Well, he's going to play now. He's going to play now because John Merrill, <laughs> John Merrill, after the Montreal game, the T Love, last team he played for, has is uh, now with COVID nineteen, unfortunately. So. That figures. That sucks, but yeah, Jordy Ben, Kayla Addison. So, <laughs> guys, welcome back. That type of thing. It's just kind of funny how that turns out. An overall fun night, though. Let's move on quickly. Five to one victory. Kayla Addison's second goal of the season. Nice release on that wrister there. Four to three victory over the Blackhawks the next night, and it looked like the Blackhawks were going to get this one um, for sure. They went up two to nothing, and yes, it's the most dangerous league in ho- lead in hockey. But I mean, it fell. I mean, Chicago was dominating the Wild in that first period. Particularly the first half of it, it was like what? How many shots on goal? Like twelve to five, fifteen to fifteen to seven, stuff like that. It was pretty dominant in favor of Chicago, but you knew the tides would turn at some point. And Minnesota actually wound up getting <laughs> forty-four shots on Kevin Lankinen, who was actually pretty respectable, respectable in the game despite the fact he gave up four goals. Very respectable considering. Uh, it's just sad to see Jonathan Taves dropping off as he has been. Um, one other thing I should mention that I didn't mention is in the last game, see like when I was, the comparisons keep going with Patrick Kane and uh, Kirill, Kap- Kirill Kaprizov as I slow down a little bit. Um, the uh, incredible passing skills to go along with the goal scoring ability. Uh, Patrick Kane just to release on his pass on Deborah goal was absolutely uh, a, th- a thing to see. Uh, he was the only guy to score for Chicago in that previous game, but then Next time around, cat would score again, and the Blackhawks ultimately, again taking a two-to-nothing lead. But everything kind of everything started to change. Drew Ericssonek would score in his return, returning to the Minnesota Wild a second game back with the Wild bartermate, but uh, 12th goal of the season with Zuccarello and all that. Uh, Kaprizov now 17 goals on the season, catching all the way up to Ryan Hartman. It's like it's been a long journey catching up with Ryan Hartman and he has well he's still behind because Hartman had the two goal game before in his, uh, home, his home city of Chicago at least that's where he grew up in that area, Chicago area greater Chicago area, Felino and Caprice have been chasing Hartman, Felino with 17 goals in the season, but being a huge win against Chicago, yeah, both actually both games, uh, Hartman with 18 so far in the season Kaprizov with 17 but 32 assists absolutely unbelievable with those passing skills playmaking ability, I mean, it's unbelievable how many more assists he could have had during the course of the season, as some scoring chances were oh so close, but welcome to the game of hockey, with good goaltending, lucky bounces, and all that kind of stuff, lucky bounces, Kevin Fiala, and uh, Jiminy Christmas, Kevin Fiala and Matt Zuccarello, unbelievable, Uh, they've been on a nine-game point streak, absolutely incredible, another thing too, as we try to dig into the notes and such, Kirill Kaprizov is now on pace for 106 points, 106 points, literally. He actually literally skated circles around Montreal, and he kind of did a bit of the same with Chicago. The Wild absolutely have their best player in franchise history. Um, and last year, it's like, yep, yeah, let's be careful a little bit. It's like probably, most likely, because he brings more to the game than Marion Jabrick ever did. But let's just be careful. Obviously, let's let's see it to believe it, that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, it's it's surreal. Uh, he's got way more points than than games played at this point. He's he's way ahead of the the game the point of game pace. Now with a hundred and six point uh, projection for him, and well, the the games are coming. We've been talking about the low amount of games played because of you know COVID this COVID that, and you know, other, mostly because of other teams' issues, not ours. And of course, Canada with their huge shutdowns and such. They're going to all get crammed in real good the rest of the way here. February, March, April, all the way up to the end of April. It's going to be game off, game off, game, game off, basically. (laughs) It's going to be pretty intense. Um, But no, 106 uh, pace for him. Like I said earlier, the Wild have scored 13 times this season with the extra skater. And it would be the case again against the Chicago Blackhawks. Another clutch, exciting goal. Uh... Fiala and Matt Zuccarillo, like I said, nine game points. Speaking Fiala with seven goals in nine games. He's catching up. Fiala's coming around. He is coming. Uh, he scored his tenth goal in the game, and that was the big clutch one with the extra man on the ice there to make it 3-3, three to three, and you saw everybody flying up in the air. It was so exciting. That was after Henrik Borg, Borgstrom, pardon me. The Borg. The cutest of Borg. Okay, sorry. Henrik Borgstrom would get his fourth goal of the year. Henrik Borgstrom with McKinsey and Twistle and Ryan Carpenter. All right. All right, then. All right. Rolls right off your tongue. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Blackhawks took a 3-2 to lead. And then you get more familiar names, anyway, at least around here. Kevin Fiola, I would hope, is a familiar name in the NHL at this point with his 10th goal. Should be his 20th, but it's his 10th. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jordan Greenway <laughs> factoring in on that one, obviously, in a nice way. His passing skills are very much there. You just wish there was a little bit more with Greenway. That at least, you know, he stepped up a bit after being pretty quiet the past couple of weeks again. He, he's kind of up and down, up and down. He's playing well, now he's not playing well. He's playing well, he's not playing well. The guy who's been consistently there all season and been solid when healthy and not sick and all that stuff, Alex Galagoski, big part of that as well. Uh, huge, uh very solid late in this game, getting a couple of... Uh, quote-unquote hockey assists, second assists. Greenway also factoring on both of them on the with, with the grease line working together in the overtime, as they call it. They apparently, an unbelievable statistic of the grease line, the one I've been calling the uh, bully geek line, it's apparently the grease line. Yes, and yes, I, I know, I apologize. But I kind of like bully geek line, I guess. But grease line, since a lot of you are more familiar with that, the Felino Greenway it's a line with Erickson Eck, of course, have not given up a goal this season. That is insane. Like, where did that stat come from? Like, how is that possible? Moneypuck.com. They have not given up a full-strength uh, full goal this season. Really? they have not, That is... Wow. <laughs> well, it, it tells you something. And they actually score goals. Again, Felino tied for second on the team with uh, <coughs> Kirill Kaprizov. If it, you know, you may have heard of Kirill Kaprizov. He's tied with him in goals. Eriksson, that continues to be super solid, despite missing a significant amount of time with a cheap shot. But came back faster than a lot of us thought. That like a two-month to two, 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 two month injury, that kind of thing. You know, eight weeks, ten weeks, that kind of thing. Ended up being eh, not as long, basically, about a month. Uh, absolutely great to have Mr. Eriksson back in the mix. And that like, real caprice, I missed, what, a game? A game? I mean, it doesn't get better than that. When it looked like a similar kind of play... Similar type of situation going, you know, shoulder into the boards thanks to a cheap shot by uh, Frederick Frederick of Bo- of Boston. That was really something else, but um, what a nice couple little games here. Nice, beautiful comeback with about two minutes remaining. Kevin Fiala with the clutch goal, 10th of the season, and then Felino finishes it off in overtime. Oh, felt so good with less than a minute remaining. Getting that chance, and Jordan Greenway—what a nifty little pass! Just a quick little, t- perfectly timed release, and then Felino with the uh, <laughs> with the beautiful celebration. My God, he's big. He could kill someone, and he's just so—he's so good. Ah, Fellino absolutely a stud. Um, he scored a goal in every game. In this case, 15, 16, 17. Montreal, the Wild weren't done. Wild weren't done, even though it felt like it because Montreal was definitely the better team for the first minute or two. And the guy who scores on Minnesota, at, no matter what team he's on, if it's Ottawa, St. Louis, or Montreal, uh, I think even Florida, I think he was there for a minute, wasn't he, and he scored on us. Mike Hoffman, Mike Hoffman, that same name as a technician at, at, at my job. Pretty cool guy, and he's from Canada, believe it or not. A uh, little bit, Just a little bit north of here, uh, in Manitoba, officially. I forgot the name of the city. It's a pretty small, it's one of those small towns in Manitoba, basically. Kind of straight up there, straight up, straight north of here, because obviously you go a little east, it's Ontario. East up the shoreline, it's Lake Superior shoreline, it becomes Ontario. That's the only Canadian providence I've ever been in was Ontario. Um, but Hoffman, Michael, Mike Hoffman, <laughs> scores his seventh goal of the season. Rem Pitlick would score the other. Is anybody surprised? No. Not really, but 8-2, to and this kind of gives me old memories of an 8 nothing loss in, in Montreal with the Minnesota North Stars, 8 nothing loss to a pretty good Montreal Canadian team that went on to win the Stanley Cup, 92-93, in our final season in Minnesota, the Minnesota North Stars, that team's final season, unfortunately, thanks to your great friend, uh, Norm Greed, with a, with a, yeah, you have to throw in the, the D instead of the N, Norm Greed. Took the team to Dallas, Texas to make a quick profit, sell them, and adios amigo. It's like, really, dude? Really? You know, it doesn't get much worse than that. Like, that's, ugh. He, he treated the team like a like a little commodity. You know, a little commodity. You know, I'm going to buy a little gold here. little gold, up, it went up, okay, sell, buy. That's basically how he treated the North Stars. Thanks, Norm. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That was, yeah, he literally bought the team for that purpose. How did I get into that? See there, I go again, babbling away. See, <laughs> see what I mean? Uh, Connor DeWare would get his first goal of his career. It was a beautiful night, multi-point game for Connor Dewar. His first goal and his first multi-point game. Shy as heck because obviously you're just getting started, but he looks like the guy that we watched in Iowa. Obviously lesser role because in Iowa he's like a you know top six guy, but of course he's going to be a top six guy in Iowa because he's a pretty good player. But in the NHL, he's a bottom six guy. He's not, a, he's not a prolific scorer. He's not what Matt Boldy was in Iowa. Or, you know, what Marco Rossi still is at this point. Developing a point-to-game player, like an 80-point type of guy in the AHL already. Type, type anyway. Uh, Spurgeon returns, getting his fourth goal of the season. Also, unfortunately, had an unfortunate hit there in the game to Spurgeon. Um, one that could be looked on as... Uh, not good, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but that's not, you know, obviously he has no reputation whatsoever. That's not his cup of tea. He's delivering out cheap shots, so that was unfortunate to see that. Sturm with a three-point game. Absolutely beautiful. He assisted, uh, excuse me, Connor Dewar assisted on Sturm's goal. And Sturm assisted on Connor Dewar's goal, obviously, because they worked together in that fourth line. It's players like that, young solid players that aren't super young anymore nico sturm's 26 already can you believe that he's already 26 but young solid players that are under 30 playing on that fourth line that just get the job done i mean they can score they can defend you know that you know they can be in the know, they're like good penalty killers or this and that just solid solid players and it's so nice to have guys on all four lines that can just kind of do a little bit of everything obviously you got the grittiness, the toughness, but the finishing ability as well is a, a, a part of things. Nico Sturm's seventh goal of the season, but they all work together. They set each other up. That that team concept is a beautiful thing. Uh, Grease line, of course, factoring in on a goal. Foligno, Greenway, and Merrill. That was Foligno's uh, 17th goal. There it was. They put the Wild up 2-1, to one, where the game changed so quickly after a pretty yucky start. But then Spurgeon scores just three minutes into the game. That's what made you feel a hell of a lot better right away. It's like wow, <laughs> how cool was that? Uh, but the Wild end up just they just keep scoring and scoring and scoring. Matt Boldy would get his third goal of the season, and just continues to get better and better. He assisted on Fiala's 11th goal of the season to make it eight to two. Yes, it's quote unquote garbage time at that point. Mick Fiala also factoring in on Jordy <laughs> Ben's first goal with Minnesota. First goal of the season, and first goal of Minnesota. Kevin Fiala, three-point game, a goal to assess. Just continues to get better and better, and he keeps climbing the chart, so to speak, up to be one of the leading scorers on the Wild now. And now he's at 29 points, him being Kevin Fiala, fourth on the team. He's climbed all the way up. Just continues to get better and better. And I hope the Wild can keep him. I, I really do. And the conversation continues to be, you can't keep Dumba and Fiala. I understand that. Very much so. Um, you do have Kalen Addison, but also the conversation in that sense could be maybe Golagoski instead of uh, Dumba on their, on his way out, possibly. And that will definitely be a discussion, at least Golagoski anyway, in the uh, fan interaction segment. That's definitely, in a lot of ways, Goligosky is like a main theme going into the fan interaction, thanks to Derek Pelska. And, uh, yeah. Let's just say a close confidant has been talking to me about how he continued to... uh, Yep, how the show will continue to evolve, this and that. And I continue to babble right now. Holy moly, I can't believe how long this first segment is already. But again, just a nice, fun night. Of course, Rem looks scored, but just the whole vibe with Matt Bouldy becoming... He's he's already, for me, a top six player in the league. Uh, Great chemistry with Fiala. It's not perfect, but clearly, both of them are making each other better and better. And it's so much fun. And Fiala... Every, every player needs good players around them as well, or at least good chemistry with them. You know, I mean, you don't have to be the best player on the team to have good chemistry with somebody, and then all of a sudden you start playing better because of the good chemistry. And then, funny, you go from a guy who, you know, you know look, looks like, you know, is scoring like at the level of a fourth-line player to suddenly a second-line player, that type of thing. Um, and that is, that's sports for you. Obviously, chemistry is a big freaking thing. Big thing, huge, um, in, even in baseball in the infield and such. The right chemistry works better than maybe there's one or two guys. It's just there's just you're you're not on the same page for some reason. It, it's weird. Um, another thing I need to say is Capo uh, And there's no reason he shouldn't have a long NHL career. Absolutely. And like I was saying earlier, Dware's already a legitimate bottom six player. He looks like a pro. He truly does. Uh, Sturm and Merrill. Covid protocol. Unfortunately, right after Sturm's three point game, Covid. Protocol going into the break, unfortunately. So, for now, uh, I will I will name the player of the week, which is really kind of tough. I'm going to give it to Kevin Fiala. I thought he was wonderful. Obviously, it could easily go to uh, Zucarillo. It could easily go to Kirill Caprison, but I, I want to go with Kevin Fiala. Obviously, it's nice to see him improve to the level he has. And like like we said, seven goals in the last nine games. He's just been a huge factor. He's been wonderful from the uh, Minnesota Wild, and I, I really want to keep him. It's nice to see what he's doing. Uh, the James Shepard Memorial, maybe uh, Cam Talbot's uh, groin, if that's what it is, <laughs> as he tweaked it uh, during the Montreal game, made the comeback, came back to the Wild, tweaked it during the game, more of a precautionary thing. But, yeah, and it's, you know, sometimes you got to be a precautionary with something like that. As, uh, yeah, Cam Talbot's groin is the uh, Johnny Flint, <laughs> James Shepard Memorial because, uh, I mean, even Greenway, big factor this week. Goudreau does what he does. So, my God, everybody, every forward scored in the game except uh, Eck and uh when it came to, uh, scored one way or another. I guess Montreal except for Duhame and Eck. So those guys, no, I'm kidding. They were factors earlier in the week. Why would I do that? Um, and I'm not mad at any of the defensemen. Hulakuladov's been a little quiet, but it's, just, it's not like he's been killing us. Though some people may disagree on that. Um, yeah, it's just, can't tell about scoring. With that, we'll take a quick break. We'll very quickly look at the other games, look at the prospects, and let's have some fun with fan interaction. Two-step, if humanly possible. Minnesota Wild coming up on, well, that would be tomorrow. Yep, on Friday, the 28th of January, and the, yeah, there it is. How many years has it been? I believe it's 14 years of podcasting. My 14th birthday as a podcaster. 14 years as a podcaster. How many of you can say that? How many of you can say that with your fancy, glitzy little logo on your show and your fancy and your 99,000 positive reviews and this and that. How many of you could say you've been around for 14 years? So, I, I at least I have something going for me. I don't know what else, but I got something. New York Rangers. New York Rangers, yeah, they're okay. Actually, they are good. <laughs> they are good. 28, 11, and 4. They are in first place in the Metropolitan Division, which is not easy to do. First place in the Metropolitan Division. Wow. Well, it helps when a guy named... Uh, Igor, let's just say Igor is your goalie, 20-4 and on the season, wow, 2.7 goals, 2.07 not 2.7 goals against average but not just that, not just that three shutouts, but not just that almost 94% save percentage, good God, man, hello (laughs) hello that's incredible Uh, Adam Fox, a defenseman 46 points 46 points, and not highly touted necessarily. 13, uh, he's a plus 13 on the season. Adam Fox has more points than Panarin. Yeah, okay, Panarin's got five games in hand, since we like to mention that term 100 million times in the hockey world. Games in hand, games in hand, games in hand. One less point than Adam Fox. Wow, what a stud he's been. 39 points, 21 power play assists. Panarin has three power play goals, but Chris Kreider has made up for that with 15 power play goals 30 overall goals for chris Kreider. wow good season for him not getting a whole lot of assists he's like yeah, i don't even know how to compare him to one of those guys that scores a lot yeah the one of those guys like a, okay alex ovechkin i suppose ovechkin he'll get he'll get assists but he'll get tons of goals that's his big thing capo caco another one that you know super duper duper highly touted but taking a little while Alex Offering are super-duper-duper-duper duper, duper highly touted, but it's going to take a while, looks like. Some guys, they come rolling in, and they're good right away, the McDavid's and all that, and, and there's been many others. Obviously, just, just McDavid. It, you know, There's obviously way more than just him. Uh, Ryan Lindgren with uh, eight, goals, or eight points on the season, former Minnesota Gopher. So there's always a little Minnesota tie going on with both New York teams. Ryan Lindgren, nice, solid defense in with the Gophers. Carved out a little something-something with the Rangers, but nothing that spectacular yet. It's just not happening. Uh, Ryan Reeves, that's where he wound up as the Rangers. <laughs> Lafonaire's got two more points than Ryan Reeves, and he's played uh, five more games. Mm, well, I, I, I better stop. People are going to be like, shut up, Joey. Come on. Ryan Reeves, you're not going to compare those two guys. <laughs> no way. <laughs> The Rangers are four and one in their last five games. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers three to two. The Toronto Maple Leafs six to three. Nice six to three loss at Carolina. Seven three demolition versus Arizona. Three to two victory over the Los Angeles Kings. A rematch of the twenty fourteen Stanley Cup Finals, the Finals the NHL was dying for. in New York versus L. A. It was it was an okay series, but you kind of knew the whole time it was going to win. So, mm, eh. Uh, they're ninth in the power play, fifth in the penalty kill. Them being the Rangers, anyway. Sixth in goals, 13th, in, oh, excuse me, sixth in goals against, pardon me, thanks to Igor. You'd think they'd be number one. They've given up. Okay, yeah, but these stats are probably all over the place because the gameplay difference is all over. It's complicated. Yeah, but the Wilds still fifth in goals, which tells you something. Um, this is, of course, just a two-game series, January 28th and March 8th, well, my brother's birthday and my podcasting career's birthday. That's ironic. So it's the Birthday Rangers, I guess. I don't know. This is probably a loss. This is probably a loss. I I hope not, but mm, it probably is. It probably is. Uh, Talbot will be in net most likely. I got a feeling though. It's going to be like four to two, four to three, four to three maybe. I think the wild score against Igor score against Igor. Uh, the leading, uh, the most likely guy to score for Minnesota is going to be. Marcus Foligno, he's going to be the most likely guy to score with the Wild, end up losing 4-3 to three to the New York Rangers. I just got a feeling. It's going to be one of those kind of games where New York will just be a little better. The Wild will give it everything they got. Maybe it goes to a shootout OT type of thing, but maybe the Rangers emerge victorious. This and that. Uh, or maybe we score in, with the extra, extra man and, and win the game, and it'll come back and win, or we end up losing 4-3 to three because of uh, OT or shootout. But I do think the Rangers win the game, unfortunately. So now we play the Islanders, who have been playing significantly better after a horrendous start to the season. Horrendous. Sunday evening, as a couple of football teams will be celebrating their conference championships and route to the uh, Super Bowl 56 already. I think it is 56, right? It's got to be. Yep. Uh, hopefully it's Cincinnati and San Francisco. I, I don't like the Chiefs at all, and uh, I just don't. And the uh, the Rams, I'm okay with them, kind of. But I guess they're the most likely team to beat the Chiefs remaining. Okay, wrong wrong sport, wrong team. Zidano Chara, sprained left knee. He's about 70, but he's still playing. Oh, God. The Wilds did beat the uh, New York Islanders earlier this season, 5-2, to two, when they were playing like garbage. Now they're 4-1 and one in their last five. New York Islanders finally, finally getting it back together. And you kind of figured with Barry Trotz they would. Man, they have not played a lot of games. 15, 14, and 6 on the season. Mm, they're above 500. They're above 500. Wow. So it is what it is. Sixth place in the Met. Sixth place in the Met. 32nd. They are the worst team in the league in goals for. They are the number one team in goals against. Okay. So that means the Wild will beat them 17 to nothing, right? No. Uh, No. (laughs) It reeks of a 2 to 1 loss, honestly. That's kind of how it is with the New York Islanders. It's like 2 to 1. It it reeks of a 2 to 1 loss. I, I hope we don't get any kind of a losing streak here. But it, it just reeks of it. It just does. Um, they also have the least amount of assists. Them um, them being the Islanders, about my God, 110 less assists than the Minnesota Wild. How is that possible? It's got to be the amount of yeah, the amount of games they played. That's that's got to be part of it, right? That's got to be that. <laughs> come on, come on. Let me tell. What what is this? It's not even showing the whole damn. That's nonsense. It's not even showing the standings properly. Cause I want to backtrack. I, I want to look at something here. Cause that's yeah. The, how many games have they played this season? Okay. Where are the freaking Islanders already? There they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty-five games they played the, the least, other than Ottawa. That's part of it. The goals for, goals against. That's yeah. It's going to be out of whack. I can not have figured as much. My bad. So yeah. Still, still though. I mean, I like the way the Wild played against the Islanders earlier this season. I, I really did. That was a great game. Islanders are playing better. And I didn't even look at it. Let's see the... Yep, like I said, 4-1. Four, 4... Wow! They're actually scoring goals now. They're actually scoring goals now. In all four of their victories, they had four goals. Wow! And then they had a 3-1 loss to Toronto. So, I'll, to make things faster, yeah, they swept Philadelphia. Philadelphia's falling off the face of the earth, by the way. Mike Yo, And they brought in... Uh, John Torchetti to be an assistant. That's funny. Um, I like John Torchetti, though. Uh, but the Islanders, I want to pick a win, but I, I got a crappy feeling. It's going to be like 3-2. to 3-2 to two loss. Most likely greatest score and this game will be Hmm. <sighs> Most likely guy in this game is going to be uh, Ryan Hartman. Ryan, it's a Ryan Hartman type of game. Matt Barzal is leading the club in scoring with 26 points, only 8 goals. Brock Nelson is leading the team in goals with only 13 in 26 games. Huh. Huh. Anders 11 goals. What a weird team. It's it's, a, it's weird, but hey, they might get it all together when it matters, I suppose. Goaltender, yeah, who was, who was good last year, too. Ayla Sorokin. 2.29 goals against the average, four shutouts. Four. Marv Varlamov has been kind of snake bit this year, not as good. But uh, Sorokin, you could kind of see him emerging as the goalie of the future. Four shutouts. But yeah, Varlamov pretty much like a backup goalie. 2.65, and a save percentage of about 91, which isn't bad. He's a good backup, but it is what it is. Wild lose three to two. I think we lose both New York games. I don't want to say that, but uh, I don't know. Let's see it when we believe it, I suppose. Minnesota then we will wrap up the week and jump into the month of February as the sunlight continues to grow, heading into Chicago. Who am I to say the Wild will lose to the Chicago Blackhawks? And this one's on tint as well. TNT, sorry. Uh, it in with a hand injury, apparently, as of the 23rd. Ryan Stillman, Riley Stillman, barred my shoulder, left the game on the 21st of Jan. And Zuhar Kyra, lower black for the Blackhawks. Kyra, huh? Hmm, Interesting. Patrick for Patrick, still with only nine goals on the season, at least as a, at this moment. he will probably have more by the time we play. Blackhawks have been lousy, generally speaking. It's just not a good vibe. The Wild are probably going to sweep this team this year. And if we don't, that's actually disappointing. Wednesday, February the 2nd, we'll wrap up the week. Minnesota will win the game 4-2. to Kirill Kaprizov will score in the game. Or will it be Kevin Fiala? It's going to be one of the two. Let's go with Kirill Kaprizov, but the Wild went 4-2 to in a fairly easy victory over the Blackhawks. Not that easy. They'll they'll face the shots, but I think Kabo Kakinen will be in net, and he'll be very, very strong. I'm, I'm just getting a vibe, because we're going to want to play Kabo Kakinen more and more during the course of this run. Um, it's going to have to be closer to a platoon, I believe. You want to ride a goalie during this stretch. Coming up, you are making a fatal mistake, because you'll have Kabo Kakanen all rusty and not playing well when he does go in, and you'll have Cam Talbot burnt out, and you'll lose in the first round of the playoffs to the to the Avalanche or the Golden Knights or whatever, or the, or the Blues right now, I believe is who it would be. That, that would be really lame. All, all this wonderful, fun season, and you lose in the first round again. Just no. Just no. It's time to get past the first round. Please. <laughs> Enough of that nonsense. Okay, let's attempt to look at the prospects, if humanly possible, as we will quickly move to Iowa. It just feels like they almost never play. God driving me nuts. Mason Shaw had the hat trick last week. Last week. Nick Swain, he's still stuck at 21 points. He has been in a drought for quite a while now. Beckman's now at 19 as he continues to kind of factor in here and there with assists and goals here and there randomly. Kalen Addison's back with Iowa. Now 10 points on the season. Scored a second goal recently. Marco Rossi added his 10th goal of the season last night in a victory for Iowa. They're playing a little bit better and the Iowa Heartlanders are playing much better. Well, there's really no prospects, no uh, significant prospects anymore on the Iowa Heartlanders. Even uh, Bryce Misley has been skating with the uh, Iowa Wild. So, Iowa this, Iowa that, basically. <laughs> Bryce Misley, though, no shots and goal in yesterday's game. What the heck is that all about? No shots and goal for Bryce Misley. Mm. Mm. I don't know, man. That's kind of a bummer. Um, I don't know. That's That's weird. Uh, kyle Rao continues to kind of just you know be what he is a nice solid quad quad a player that's pretty much what he is 25 points in 26 games joe Hickett has been very quiet he finally had another his 13th assist he'd been on fire and he just he's just completely quieted down for quite a while here him and nick swaney who are off to, who are like the number two number three scorer all season on the team they've just silenced eric stahl's no longer with the team and he will be with team canada in the olympics at age 36 the thunder bay ontario native that's the city I was in when I went to Canada way back in the 80s as a, as a, as a young boy. Um, Thunder Bay, Ontario. Cool. Eric Stahl ha, was about... Yeah, Eric Stahl was a baby when I was there. Yep, yeah, very much, yeah. <laughs> but he was alive. He was a baby. I, uh, should I say the year 1986? Creeping through the mix. Yeah, Legend of Zelda. 1986 was when we went to Thunder Bay, Ontario. It's been, it's been, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. A little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, Alexander Hovanov finally played in another game, and he got an assist. Hey! <laughs> Hovinov didn't score yesterday, but he got his seventh game played, and he got an assist. Oh, come on, Hovanov, Hovanov, come on, man. Chris Bennett was one of the best players with the Iowa Harlanders, called up to the Iowa Wild, and has one goal in 11 games. Great. That's wonderful. I'm um, saying McIntyre has been pretty good uh, filling in. In Iowa, Hunter Jones has been a bit better. Hunter Jones, you, it, it's funny. You put him down in the ECHL and he just gets lit up. Comes to the AHL and he's giving up less than three goals a game. He's not standing out like a stud or anything, but he's okay. And Zane McIntyre's been solid, but Zane McIntyre is not coming to the NHL. I, I don't think so. I would be very surprised, actually. 2.72 goals against average, three 3-4 record. For an Iowa team that's just been kind of 500 for a while. After a strong start to the season. But what do you expect when you have studs leading your way early on and then they get called up and there's all this uncertainty? Taxi this, taxi that. Because we got to get these games played. Otherwise, we're going to be playing like triple, cripple, we're going to be playing back-to-back-to-backs. If we want to end the season, uh, yeah, end the regular season in April, we're going to be playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. <laughs> and you'll have uh, injury after injury. And uh, people like Joe Hicketts will be your top defenseman in the NHL, not the AHL. NHL and <laughs> Beckman, welcome to the NHL. You're playing the rest of the season. Go out there and go, go, buddy. Just go, Kaelin Addison. You're not only on the Wild. You're the top defenseman. <laughs> that's about what it would be like. Hickets and Addison lead the Wild uh, to the Stanley Cup championship versus uh, you know <laughs> versus uh, uh, I don't even know some of uh, my you know uh, another team with prospects. Yeah, i just I'm just being goofy. But, nope, I mean, Iowa's playing a little better. Both Iowas are playing better, but the Iowa Iowa Wild, uh, per se, uh, playing significantly better lately, and I appreciate that very much. Matt Boldy with the Minnesota Wild, six points in seven games, just continuing to uh, look like an NHL player, and it feels damn good at the end of The day, uh, pardon my babbling and goofing and goofiness. Pavel Nova continues to be absolutely great for the Kelowna Rockets now, 41 points in, in 31 games. 16 of them are goals. Oh, thought I had a sneeze for a second there. That's weird. You have the sensation and it goes away. Damon Hunt has been picking it up again now, at 23 points in 29 games, 11 goals, 12 assists. He actually has been picking it up a bit. He'd been quiet for a while now, he's back rolling again, which is good. Obviously, it's an up-and-down an up game at times. You get streaky, this and that, but he, and he's only 19 years of age. But he's a captain for his club, and good for him. For the Moose Jaw Warriors, plus 7 on the season versus the minus 12 last season. Ryan O'Rourke, just about a point-a-game type of guy, plus 4 on the season, 22 assists. Very, very strong performance. So, so far for him, obviously, captain material. Who's Nadinov? Who's Nadinov? <laughs> well, 12 points on the season in 32 games. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it, because it is. <laughs> I love Vuznadinov, and he's going to continue to get better, but obviously, uh, you know, I mean, he's not a prolific scorer. He's a prolific skater. He's a 200-foot player, this and that, all the cliches you can imagine. But, I don't know, uh, only one game last week, too. Uh, I it's been, it's been kind of unpredictable, the schedules and such. It's been a little frustrating, to be quite fair. I had this moving here. Marco Rossi yep, We already know he's a point of game player in the Iowa. In Iowa, excuse me. Jesper Wallstedt, a guy who, uh, yep, is a guy who I think will be a goalie tandem with Kakinen. I strongly believe they will be together on the Wild. That we're not going to just deal away Kakinen like a uh, show host. Uh, show host of another Wild podcast who I guess is uh, has a little more prolific standing than I do. <laughs> 1.95 goals against average, 11 and nine on the season is Jasper Wallstead. Uh, they believe that um they believe that the wild will trade away capo Why would you do that? I I just I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think you trade away capo I think that's the I think I would I'm thinking opposite on that one. I'm not gonna trash in anybody's uh hockey mind, but I'm just saying I don't agree. <laughs> it's just that simple. Uh, Carson Lambeau's 21 points in 20 games. Again, that sounds familiar as well, which is frustrating, but that's how that goes. Left shot stud defenseman Jack Pert, also another left shot defenseman who continues to be stellar at the collegiate level at 18 years of age. Yes, he doesn't even turn 19 until May 15th. Wow, <laughs> man. I remember 2003, uh, May 2003. I was getting laid off from U.S. Bank around that time. Wonderful memory for me. Yeah, that's when Jack Pert was being born. Future power play quarterback of the Minnesota Wild was getting born. Wow, that's cool. (laughs) I was getting laid off from U.S. Bank. What a wonderful time that was. Because, like, the whole damn, yeah, yeah, it was sucky. All the work was gone. That was not fun. Um, 14 points in 15 games, 12 assists, power play quarterback, can't wait to see what Jack Pert can do at the next level. But, man, he's just getting started at college, man. He's probably going to be a stud next year. Maybe two years in college and then uh, AHL. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Acadian Bank here with 32 points now for the Camlins Blazers. Wild only have one player remaining in Camelots because uh, the other guy, we'll get to him in a second, Pilar, has moved on. They traded him. That was terrible. 32 points in seven, uh, 37 games, pardon me. 12 of them are goals. Kyle Masters, another one of those kind of stay-at-home defensemen. Same point total as last year in twice the games. But, but, however, he was a minus five last year and this year, him being Kyle Masters, is a plus 26 on the season. So, that's always good. And he actually scored two goals, which he did not last year. All assists. Josh Pillar. Josh Pillar still hasn't played a game for the Saskatoon Blades because Canada's what it is. It's strict about things. And that's why they haven't been playing. And it's, I don't know, just... Ah! Judd Zelgad, I wish I saved his line. When he said, play the games! Yeah, play the games, please. I'm getting tired of it now. I get it, okay. And how about this? Nate Benoit with his fifth point of the season. Four assists now. Yes! Nate Benoit. See, here in the U.S. Hockey League, we actually play our games. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll stop. One goal, four assists, for Nate Benoit. Five points now in the season. Benoit, every time he scores a goal, it's like, it was like, you know, in the early 90s before he started actually hitting a little bit. Chuck Knobloch had a home run. Oh my God, Chuck Knobloch had a home run. (laughs) That's what it's like. That's what it's like, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's what it's like. But yeah, I mean, they're just, you know, a little stricter up there in Canada when it comes to this uh, whole situation. A little stricter. Um, And not everybody agrees with it. Uh, let's just say uh, Theron, Theron Fleury doesn't agree either. Theo Fleury, pardon me, not Theron, but yeah, okay, it is. But yeah, <clears throat> he's just one. <laughs> it isn't just it isn't just one or two cowboys in, in the United States that disagree with it. <laughs> cowboys, right? I'm a Dallas cowboy. Okay, so with that, I shouldn't have... I think that is about everybody. Yeah, that is everybody when it comes to the, the significant prospects, this and that. We talked about Iowa. Oh, college, college, college. Marshall Warren, 13 points in 23 games thus far. He's ahead of last year, but the pace is behind, but that's fine. He's he's playing, still playing very solid, obviously, and showing some of that spark. Nikita Nestoreko, even he's behind last year's pace. What the heck is going on? Is it just like a, is it like everybody? Come on, man, but it's slightly behind. Uh, 17 points in 23 games. He had 19 last year in 24, so I don't know. Come on, man. Um Sam Hedges will be skating for the U.S. Olympic Hockey, and he is now more than a point-a-game player. He has been really good. St. St. Cloud State has been playing very well. I uh, love what uh, Sam Hedges brings. He's bringing that scoring touch and such. Uh, now at 13 in 9 games. Only 9 games. He missed a ton of games at the start of the season, but he will be skating for the U.S. Olympic team. And looking forward to that from New Bergton. No, it's New Brighton. I don't know why it's Bergton on here, but he's obviously had a strong overall season when, when healthy. Stay healthy. <laughs> Stay healthy, Sam, because I need you, believe me. With that said, now we will take a quick break and return for fan interaction. back here on Brave the Wild. Time for some fan interaction, but right before that, let's get to the Vigit application. Vigit application, I want to encourage you to download this on your Apple or Android devices. V-I-G-I-T Two separate words, of course. The Vigit application. It's basically fantasy betting. Uh, social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit betting leagues, a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports bettor is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book bet free coins win real prizes betting stats there is great information available on the like line movement where the public is betting this is not real money wagering it is like fantasy betting but you can also kind of use it as a cheat sheet in that final part where it actually will show the lines and all that stuff so it's good to have but of course again it's uh, it's fantasy betting it's fun to do it's fun to compete against each other kind of like uh, you know fantasy football fantasy this fantasy that but that would be like fantasy everything baseball basketball hockey even soccer if you like that if if you like it if you notice I'm saying that <laughs> uh, also one other thing crypto.com encourage you to download that and get into some crypto trading if you do click on the li- I mean if you're interested click on the link in the show description it'll so I referred you it'll help the show and you get $25 put in your account right away to get started and believe me in the crypto world with some of those crypto coins $25 means something believe me so I'll jump on board with that fan interaction segment twitter.com twitter at brave the wild at brave the wild is the twitter account and when you're going to ask questions comment this and that put hashtag BTWMN PT, BTWMN Derek Felska will open up things it's a poll he put out there so this is a good idea Derek good idea and let's just say he, we, me and him have had some conversations off the microphone, and the show's going to keep evolving, this and that. It's not going to be like an uh, overhaul change. It has been evolving over the course of time, like more and more fan interaction, and ideas like this, you know, conversating, like polls and conversations about should we go this direction, should we go that direction? As last week, it was pretty cool, uh, dumb, the dumb of Fiala debate, because there will be more debates coming up, because obviously it's going to be an interesting off season again. Coming forward, um, every offseason going to be interesting for this team, especially as we become a uh, cup contender and all that, and guys emerge, and you know, and the salary cap issues are going to be what they are. <laughs> so let's open things up with Derek Felska at crease and assist at crease and assist. He writes, that's his blog that he's been doing for many, many years. I believe it's 17 years. So he's actually got me beat. He's been blogging longer than I've been podcasting. There aren't many people in our territory. Me and Derek are, when it comes to longevity, we're in the first ballot Hall of Fame, I think. There's no question about that. Uh, Derek says, should the Minnesota Wild re-sign Alex Goligosky if he agrees to play at half his current rate of $5 million per season? Please retweet this and that. So people were, so the, 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 the choices were, yes, he's one of us. No, keep spot open for 59. That's Kalen Addison. And not sure, don't care in several votes now, which is nice. And there's two days left on the poll, so you can still vote on that. At Crease and Assist, by the way. He writes for he writes about the Minnesota Wild there, as does his wife. His wife usually does the previews and Derek does the does the reviews. Very cool. Um, yes he's one of us. Got seventy one percent. Now I picked that one not because he's one of us, but because I think he's a valuable player. For me it'd be yes he's a valuable player. Whether he's from Thunder Bay are from Calgary, Alberta, or, or what the heck. Um, and yeah, that's and I know a lot of people will say he's one of us. Um, I'd like to have him back, sure, but it does depend. It does depend, and if that keep and, if it, and I do want a spot open for 59 that is a big part of it. I almost, almost clicked on that one, but it's just, I do think Goligosky plays a valuable role and he would be a loss if he's gone. He's not getting any younger, but I'm not sure how much we're going to be able to sign him for. Of course, like you're saying, it would be half. So that'd be like 2.5 uh, per season. Maybe a three-year contract or something. And he is worth a decent amount, obviously. Uh, there's talk about maybe he would maybe just let him go as a free agent where he might get another $5 million for the Dallas Stars or something. Um, I'm just making a team up, but, you know, like Shooter went there. Um, but we'll see. But uh, I picked the yes just because I think he's a valuable piece. But believe me, I'm leaning closer and closer to that 59 deal because 59 starting to look like an nhl player now where last year he didn't and in certain points earlier in the season he didn't but lately we're starting to see it so let's get things going Derek says despite the cold temperatures got a minnesota wild question burning on your mind ask brave the wild just take your questions and ask as many as your wish please retweet yep and um gotta mention as well a major thing is yeah um well, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to keep trying to do stuff like that where it's a conversation, like Goligoski versus uh, uh, Dumba. This and that. Obviously, most people would probably pick Dumba. But there's more to just Goligoski keeping Goligoski versus Dumba. Maybe you keep Goligoski at a discount price and you can keep Fiala, too, where it's a package deal. You keep Goligoski Fiala, or you say, say goodbye to both of them to get Kalen Addison up here in order to play with Dumba. Um... That type of thing. So, I mean, it, it's going to be... There's going to be some decisions made. I don't think Addison's going to be gone at any time soon. But who knows? I, I doubt it. So, Derek opens up the question saying, The Minnesota Wild have sent Kalen Addison back to Iowa and seem to be con- and seem to be content to soldier on with Jordy Ben. What are your thoughts on this? I mentioned a bit of that earlier. But, yeah, I mean, I think Kalen Addison should be up with Minnesota. I think he should be up with Minnesota. I think... I don't know how much better he's going to get in Iowa at this point. <clears throat> he's been there over a year now, so I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how much more time he needs. Uh, unlike Brennan Mendel, who never scored a point in the NHL, despite the you know he he had a he had some chances to be here. He had about a six seven game span in Minnesota, and didn't do anything. Kylan Enson was starting to show something. Um, I have nothing against Jordy Ben, but he's a limited guy. Uh, he's a very limited player, and. There's always injuries and sickness. Jordy Ben would play anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I lean towards Kaelin Addison at the end of the day. Uh, long story longer, or short, whatever it is. Uh, Derek says, at times the Minnesota Wild get a bit too pass-happy on the power play and often end up just forcing lots of needless turnovers. What annoying stage in a video game would you compare the Minnesota Wild power play to? maybe freaking quick man stage with all the lightning flying at you it's kind of like that yeah because uh they're flying at you and all that and then you make the quick passes and you make a mistake this and that probably like uh, uh did i call it yeah quick man yep the quick man stage it's an annoying stage all right my god you're like running down the the uh, corridors and stuff and lightning's flying at you you got to get down now because you get hit once you're dead it's one of those type of things it's a one hit kill type of deal so, yeah, we're sticking with Mega Man again, believe it or not. <clears throat> or you could say, like, one of like one of the Level 7s with all the pipe, uh, the, the bullet bills in Mario 1. Yeah, even Mario uh, 3 also. You got the uh, yeah, that whole level's pipeline, basically. Um, and that had been a problem forever and ever, and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever with the Wild. Too many passes on the power play. So, yeah, sometimes you got to cut that out and just shoot the damn puck. Uh, and if the puck is... Caught and frozen and all that and well whatever and you got to do a face off, so be it Jedi. You're more likely to score with the puck going towards the goalie than to your than to just you know sideways. Sometimes you got to go north south a little bit too. Derek Filska says this next week is the cal- yep exactly this next week is the calm before the storm of games starting on Feb 8th. How often do you think the Minnesota Wild will have to start Kapo in that span? I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's a full on, I'm hoping it's a platoon. I am. At least 40% of the time, though. I'm really hoping so. I mean, that is a big deal. Another one, one of those topics I got into earlier. That's a big deal. Uh, Cabococca needs to at least be in 40% of the games. The whole 60-40 deal. freaking 45-55. It's going to have to be often. I'm tired of seeing veteran goalies break down with Minnesota just in time for the playoffs because we overuse them. Enough of this nonsense, and the more Kapal in plays, the better he is. people haven't noticed that, when he <clears throat> when he just rots on the bench and you just throw him in there, eventually, you know, it's not going to turn out so great. <clears throat> Pardon me, my throat's kind of drying up on me. Okay, so another one says uh, this might be an unpopular take, but the Minnesota Wild disrespect the Montreal Canadiens with some of their show, but uh, did the Minnesota Wild? Disrespect the Canadians some of the showboating throughout the game. I realize it's their job to stop us, but it's better to be classy and use your third and fourth lines instead of clowning them. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I I don't like any type of showboating. Like, let me just, there's a reason why I don't like the Kansas City Chiefs. Especially a certain receiver that likes to throw out the peace sign every time he catches the ball. And oftentimes he turns and faces the player he caught the ball on and does it. That is Bush League. That's, That's a huge reason I don't like the Kansas City Chiefs. I do not like Tyreek Hill at all. Um, yeah, any type of showboating does bother me. Uh, I even think Justin Jefferson does it a little too much sometimes on the Vikings. Um, so yeah, I'm. If if your take is that it's uh, not cool, yeah, I agree with you, Derek. So I, it was a little too much. Yes, yes, I'm old school. I'm not a suspend everybody and and you know curse them out after the game because of it. But I'm not that hard on it like so. Some of the youngsters out there might think I'm this you know, crusty old whatever. Not really, but at the same time, that's it's, uh, settled down a little bit. And so, yep, I would agree with Derek there. Uh, K girl says, You can't argue with what the current demon have done. Uh, they have all been solid. My guess is it is most important for Edison to play top four D-minutes in what will hopefully be his role here soon. As a fan, I can't believe I finally have legit prospects to be excited about. See, so, I mean, that's a good take. That's a good take, and that's where Kalen Addison being in Iowa makes sense. Yes, I, I, I do get that. Because up in Minnesota, he's stuck in the bottom six. Uh, bottom two, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's the bottom two when the, he'd be his fifth or sixth defenseman. So, I can feel that argument in a heartbeat there. I, I Well, I mean, i got to think this is probably the last season He'll be stuck in in the f- fifth or sixth role in Minnesota or in Iowa to in order to be in a top four. I gotta think something's gotta give in the offseason. Maybe Galakowski just goes through via free agency, and welcome to the National Hockey League for uh, not not handed the job, but he'll you know it'll be there for him to earn, and I do believe he will earn it when the opportunity is given. This and that. So yep, yeah, good good one K fan uh, Steve Snyder says. Trade targets. I know this has been discussed, but who do the Wild target? What are we willing to give up? Should a trade even be made? Do we need another true NHL-level goalie? Tell about Team State breaking down a bit. Do we have talent? The talent to make a run at the Cup this year? Yeah, a bit to unpack there. So, who, who who have we targeted? I mean, there's been talk about Claude Giroux. He might be a bit expensive, but who knows? It's uh, it's a it's a. Duh. <laughs> it's what what do they call him? One Buck Chuck, uh, Mike Yo, all those guys. It's like the whole group is reassembled and they're sucking. It might be, Chuck might be saying a word that starts with an F that rhymes with Chuck at the end of the season if uh, things keep going the way they're going. He might end up, he might end up not being the GM long because it's Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia. They should have kept, yeah, they should have kept the former goalie as a GM. They should have kept Ron Hextall. Uh, they should have kept Ron Hextall. Like, th- that's what you get for being impatient, Philly. Now you bleeped up. Chuck Fletcher isn't a terrible GM, but it certainly isn't working out in Philly, is it? Uh, lots of things have gone wrong. Um, I don't know what good he's really done since he's gotten there. Where Hextall had a pretty decent base to work with, and that's why they had that. That's why they jumped up um, right after Hextall left. So, I, I don't know. Um, Claude though, yep, he's a possibility. Tom, Tomas Hurdle it's gonna take from what I've heard a prospect and a, and a first round pick possibly to get one of these guys and maybe even maybe even a significant maybe one of the defensemen like a dumba or you know it's not gonna be Spurgeon it's not gonna be brodeen those two guys are untouchable in my opinion Galagasi, I don't think we're gonna trade him but who knows I don't think we need to do that that'd be kind of weird um, but it's probably gonna be a prospect because like they were saying on uh I believe it was Russo. I believe it was Russo. Yes, yeah, not the uh, worst seats in the house. And, like I've been talking about as well. Like where are these all? Where are these guys all going to play? Like the Jack Perch, Carson Lambo's. Um, you know, there's so many uh, Ryan O'Rourke, so many defensemen prospects. Where are they going to play? You know, obviously Kayla Addison. Where are they all going to play? So eventually, you might have to use one or two of those chips to make a deal to get a Tomash Tomash Hurdle from the uh, San Jose Sharks. That's the name that keeps getting brought up. They're kind of a fringe playoff team but I don't think they're ready to make any kind of run. And now you have a serious uh, muscle injury, forearm muscle tear, I believe it was for Eric Carlson uh, for, for Carlson. It's unbelievable. So that that's a big loss right there. It's not like he's had a great season, but still he's, he's he's been better and that's a big that's a big injury. He's going to be reevaluated in mid-March. Reevaluated. So that doesn't help the Sharks cause. So maybe you can make a deal there. Uh, maybe, they, maybe they wouldn't mind a young defenseman. Um, and then you have to make a decision who you want to keep and who you're willing to give up in that situation. Uh, do we need another true NHL-level goalie? Right now, I don't think so. I mean, maybe. But obviously, you, that's the thing. That's where it's like you wouldn't be trading Kapo Kacken in a way, would you? <laughs> Why would you trade Kacken in a way? <laughs> And obviously, yes, you'd have somebody replaced. It would be for another goalie. But I think Kakanen's good enough to be an NHL goalie. I think right now they stand pat at the goalie position, at least until the summer where more decisions will be made. And yes, Tangle Talbot does seem to be breaking down a bit. Yes, I agree. Um, do we have the talent to make a run at the Cup this year? We'd have, we have the depth, and I think we do have the talent to make a run. Obviously, you play against the Colorado team. And you're like, oh my god, how the hell could we keep up with these guys? These guys are going to skate all over us. It's going to be 12-1. to 1. No, it's not going to be that bad, but it's going to be, we're going to be out in five or six games. Not necessarily. Look, look, look how the Wild kept up with them. It was pretty damn impressive. And the Wild have beaten Colorado on the road before in the postseason, season, so it's going to be super interesting. Uh, here's a big one here. Should the Wild re-sign defenseman Alex Kalakoski to a call? Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's related to the other uh, poll. Uh, Alex Goligosky to a contract extension. Since it's widely believed he'd accept a lower price, what would the longest contract you'd accept or not at all? Does it block spots for young players? It does if you keep Dumba. And obviously because you, you don't want to lose both. That's another place where the decisions have to be made between Galagoski and Dumba. I'm guessing the franchise is more likely to part ways with Galagoski than Dumba. That's my guess. Because of the the alternate captain role, and you know he's very popular, and and he is a good player, but I think in a lot of ways he's more popular than he's good, Matt Dumba. <laughs> I think he's more popular than he's good. I'm I'm just being honest with you, I'm being blunt with with everybody listening, um, and that's Minnesota sports for you. Um, I think Kevin Fiala is a rarer commodity than Matt Dumba and i think kevin fiala also has leadership skills if you can believe it that might sound foreign to some of you like leadership skills fiala it's starting to show not that long ago matt dumba would have been like alternate captain what are you talking about and i think it's going to be the same for fiala i think he could be alternate captain material in the not too distant future should you park ways with dumba but i mean obviously that decision needs to be made um we're very rich at defenseman prospects. And there's no guarantee any of them is going to be an NHL player. But there's no guarantee. But obviously some of them should be. And if they're not, then what the hell happened? Um, God help me. If you do resign, Ellis Galagoski, I'm hoping it's like, obviously less than $3 million a year for one or two years, short term. That type of thing. And I even went with three at one point. I mean, heck, if you're willing to sign Merrill for that long, but maybe not. Uh, maybe not with Galagoski. Because uh, Merrill's a little younger, obviously, so... And he's not as expensive. Not, not at all. What was he, like 1.3? So, it's one of those deals. Um, Brian Herrera says, Capo, that'd be Capo Cacut, and of course, Greenway, and Anfield are all on expiring, restricted free agent contracts. Goosey, Skoligosky, Rax, Pierstat, Sturm, Ben are uh, on expiring, uh, unrestricted free agents. Who do you see the wild keeping, trading, Letting walk with the cap. Hell, we'll, uh, with, with the cap? Hell, we will be in next year. Oh boy, I think Greenway's probably gone. I think Greenway's probably gone because I, I don't think he's uh, lived up to anything. The only reason, uh, well, <laughs> there is one reason you keep Greenway is that Grease Line is unbelievable. So maybe I should shut my big fat mouth on that one. Um, Rask is for sure gone. Bukestad is probably gone. I, I don't think Bukestad comes back. Sturm. That's a tough one. Ben, probably gone. Goosey is a goose. That's Goligosky. Uh, One to two years, maybe. But I think it's 50-50 returns because of all the reasons that we've been talking about. Um, Rask is for sure gone, though. No chance he comes back. I think Bukestad's for sure gone. It's no offense, but again, you know, Connor DeWeer type players need to be able to play. Adam Beckman, this and that. Um... Beckman can play on the third line, even though he's a scorer. He can play on the third line, I think. I believe he can. Um, obviously, he's better fit in the top six. But I, I can see Beckman kind of adjusting his game and emerging later on, kind of like Ryan Hartman did. I can kind of see that. Sturm, I like him a lot. He's inexpensive, at least I think he is. I can't imagine him demanding you know, a, like a, a big amount. I think they're more likely to keep Sturm than uh, Ben, Bukestad, Rask, and even Goose, actually. Viola, I want him back, but it's like 50-50 with him. Kapokakinen stays. Kapokakkanen is the most likely to stay out of that group. You have to keep Kapokakinen, in my opinion. At bare minimum, he's a bridge goaltender to uh, Jesper Walstad, in my humble opinion. Greenway, it's the chemistry with that grease line that could keep him here. Otherwise, has he been producing up to par with what we thought he was going to be and what we believe he could be? No. Um, Fiala obviously is a rare, rare, rare commodity, a guy who could be a 40-goal scorer in this league. I, I believe that. I, I stand on that word. 30 goals, absolutely. 40, I think he can do it. I think he can. People might be laughing at me right now. He's got 11 goals, and it's it's almost Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, I, I think it's still there. I think it's still with him, with the right pieces around him. I think he's going to be good. And I think the right pieces are there now. Um, it was a weird start to the season. Yeah, I mean, Fial is not a third-line player. But luckily, he's matured a bit more and more during the course of the season. I, I want him here, personally. Um, but ho- hopefully that made enough sense. Hopefully that made enough sense, Brian. Um, I didn't babble my head off about nothing there. Brian Herrera says, Who would win in a fight, Mega Man or Marcus Supergooch Felino? Felino? Well, mega man would have to not have his mega buster that's the one thing but if super moose let's just say if mega man if super moose is a mega man character he's guts man for sure i mean he is guts man with a bullet um let's say yeah so it's guts man versus mega man mega man wins but it wouldn't be easy (laughs) it would be very tough guts man's a pain in the ass to deal with and mega man won but uh super moose guts man (coughs) mega man would beat him unfortunately but just because he's mega man i guess jay bushy wraps up the segment thank you always for thank you always for your loyalty jay i really appreciate this uh, he says capo that's filled in nicely for talbot but with him uh reinsuring his lower uh, re oh re his lower body injury that being talbot is there any concern <clears throat> now with golden going forward especially with all the games the wild play coming up a little bit there is a little bit but it sounds like he's fine cam talbot it sounds like he's okay he just kind of tweaked it and that it was more of a precautionary thing like yeah that's probably why they took him out because of the uh, the schedule they're like we're not gonna mess with this just let him let him rest a couple of days especially with the break this and that coming up and uh, talbot will be uh will be okay for now uh luckily the trade deadline hasn't happened yet so and the Wild do not have anybody in the current system they could call up, I think, to be in, in between the pipes, if that were to happen. Who knows? Though? Maybe Kaplukacanin is the Consmite might winner. <laughs> he, he just might be. Maybe the, Maybe he is the uh, Madison Bumgarner for the for the Wild at some point going forward. He just might end up being that guy, Madison Bumgarner, who uh, the uh, San Francisco Giants absolutely rode in the 2014 po- postseason to the World Series championship. Maybe that's Kakinen if uh, Talbot's kind of injury-prone a little bit, but he's still okay to be a a good backup, which he was with uh, Henrik Lundqvist for many years. Uh, And that's coming up. Henrik Lundqvist, the retirement ceremony, and Talbot gets to be there, and Zuccarello, which is really, really cool. I almost didn't mention that on the show, and I apologize, but so many other things to get to. Uh, We heard Cam Talbot talk about that on the most recent, uh, uh, what the heck is it called? Straight from the source, from uh, Michael Russo. So, really cool there. That wraps up the fan interaction segment. Now, I'll give a couple of shout outs here. Minnesota Wild Global, oh, thank you very much. Always uh, Scott Cavendish, Chance Kostick, David Kostick, Kathy Main, Chad Walski, David Abraham, Michael Fick. Love you guys very much. Great page. Great, great Minnesota Wild page. Of course, Pavel Benetza, an admin there, and he is the main main dude for <laughs> MW prospects, which is also called Young Guns with a nice new beautiful logo. And Pavel Bennett made that logo, and he made the new logo for Brave the Wild. and I can't thank you, for, uh, I can't thank you enough, Pavel Bennett out of Chechia, Chechia as it's called now. Thank you so much, uh, Pavel Bennett. Love you, love your brother. Uh, I, I'm a part of the page, though I haven't been writing this year because the. Two leagues that i would cover for that page the the q as they call it and the british columbia hockey league have do not have minnesota wild prospects in them right now but in the future hopefully i'm hoping they will soon come on now start drafting some q guys now chuck <laughs> i know you will i just called him chuck i just called him chuck i am so sorry gm bill Garen billy Garen <laughs> draft a q guy or two at british columbia hockey league again that'd be great that was paul fenton who drafted those guys not so much chuck but i suppose a little bit um, and Boston College players, yeah, just just, just a couple, <laughs> but no, thank you so much. Uh, MNW prospects, uh, obviously Justin Baki, awesome guy. Um, uh, Brandon Quast, really, really proud to be a part of that page. Really, really cool. Thank you guys so much for having me be a part of that one. Um, other one is uh, Minnesota Wild Nation Patrick Turner, he does a really nice Minnesota Wild page as well on Facebook. Uh, really, really thank all of you for uh, just love this hockey community, and I'll be sure more and more to uh, tag you guys in the tweet <laughs> as I release the show. As uh, You guys deserve recognition. Just thank you guys so much for your inclusion with this show, for listening, uh, retweeting. Those of you that do that, just thank you. Thank you, and God bless you very much. Um, of course, Derek Felska just he's been an absolute blessing to Brave the Wild for the past year and a half now. Just thank you so much. Um, One other thing, gosh, it's been about two years now, hasn't it been, Derek? Wow, it's been a while. Lives in uh, western Wisconsin. He's a teacher there, of course, from Minnesota, and is a Minnesota Gophers and Vikings fan, so don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry, Minnesota fans out there. (laughs) With that said, again, final thing, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts. Audible or Stitcher. Those are the three applications that allow you to do that. If you could, I'd really appreciate it, and thank you so much in advance, if you are able to. With that said, have a great week. Go wild, and we'll talk to you next time.